learning how to better connect to ourselves and learning how to better connect with others, I think, are the biggest way we can help each other out in our lives. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I love today's guest, and I know that you will as well. Byron Van Pelt is a business strategist, coach, and consultant who focuses on helping entrepreneurs grow lucrative businesses from a place of transparency and authenticity. At the age of 23, he found himself thrust into a business culture where sales strategies and tactics were manipulative and focused on convincing customers to hand over their hard-earned money. And while he was successful at it, Byron slowly found himself spiritually bankrupt. With the support of mentors and colleagues, he shifted direction. He committed to serving from truth, owning his value to others, and with no online presence, he experienced a major breakthrough in enrolling high-paying clients, which led to a $25,000 a month revenue stream. Since then, everything began to change, and we're going to go into that story and hear from Byron about how all that happened. Byron, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Dr. Richard, man, likewise. It's great because I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to be hanging out with you, man. You are a great person. I echo what you said right back to you, man. I'm great to be here. I appreciate that for sure. And and I know there's so many places we could go, but I think it's interesting because a lot of times people get into this corporate world, they they get successful at business, they get a taste for the money as you did, and then they just roll with it. But for you, you were working for a place where... The culture, the tactics, the, the strategies just kind of took advantage of people and that bothered you emotionally. So let's talk about that story and how you got there and then what happened in, as you started making that big shift. Sure. I was 23 years old and I had gotten into this world of sales and marketing because I had a film degree and I got to Hollywood, the start of the recession. They told me, good luck getting a job now here doing what you're wanting to do. And so I fell back on the other only industry you possibly could with a degree that was meaningless. And of course, that was sales. As long as you're selling, you're always able to find a position. And so I stumbled into it and I learned it was really baptism by fire. It was, it was difficult because I had to learn on the spot to sink or swim, to either make those sales or to get laid off. And it taught me a lot and I grew a lot and I ended up hiring a coach to help me with my sales. And he said early on, you know what? I think you should step out of selling. I think you're good at it, but I think you would be an incredible coach. And I thought he was nuts. I'm 23 years old, thinking, who am I going to coach? What kind of impact, what kind of experience can I bring to the table? I think you're insane, but I trusted the guy. So I said, sure, we'll, we'll do it. And long story short, I ended up joining his company. And it was, it was great in that I was doing what I thought I loved, working one-on-one with clients as their life coach. And yet I, I felt burned out. I felt hollow. And there was such a cognitive disconnect here because 
on one hand, I was fulfilled, I was excited, I was happy. On the other hand, I felt really tired of working with a lot of these people. And it felt like I really wasn't breaking through and that the kinds of individuals I was serving was not really the people that lit me up, that really most excited me. And I also would discover that although a lot of the material we were sharing in our, our coaching group was very spiritual, the means of acquiring clients was very tactical. It was very manipulative. We'd have a very high pressure one call close. Uh, the way that we would build these relationships is going out to hundreds of networking events, shaking a lot of hands and, and quickly offering these, these sessions that people sometimes would want, but really didn't know how to politely say no. And then they stumble onto this call and it's a one call pressure close. And so I felt I've got all this background in sales and marketing. I know how to market to people. I know how to get them to buy. And yet, in spite of all the money, in spite of working with 23 clients one-on-one, I still felt really hollow. And I think the key missing piece was a lack of authentic connection to really what my spirit wanted in that business and also these individuals that I was serving. That's what I quickly identified. I've got to get out. So that was that, that time of my life. So you said a couple of things there that really stood out to me. Probably the biggest one was, you know, what you were wanting to do wasn't really in line with your spirit. And I'm paraphrasing there a little bit, but so you identified that. How did you find out what was that piece that would fit for you both internally and externally? I had caught up with one of my best friends and I remember asking her, how are you doing? What are you up to? And she said, well, I just got into coaching and I'm like, okay, that's cool. And I understand what that roller coaster is like. Well, I'm here if you have questions. She said, no, I'm good. I, I just signed up a high ticket client. I thought, okay, well, how much? So yeah, he, he paid me full $50,000. And I about fell out of my chair because I was asking for about $1,000 a month. And she was 25 at this time. This was two years ago. We were catching up. <laughs> I was filled with tremendous jealousy and also excitement for her. But really, at the end of the day, I was thinking, how in the world did she pull this off at 25? What am I missing here? And I was picking her brain and and having her introduce me to some of the mentors that she was working with, talking about it. And I realized in talking to some of the people that had shared wisdom with her, that number one, I was playing way too small. My pricing wasn't an accurate reflection of the value that I brought to the table. But number two, I was bringing my gifts to the wrong market, the wrong people. Um, the clients that I had talked about where I was working one-on-one with 23 at one point, they were not the individuals that I was waking up with my hair on fire, just thrilled to go to the office to serve every day. They were really largely a paycheck, even though the work I was doing most would assume as a life coach, well, how you can't get any more fulfilling than that. But it wasn't the type of individuals where I'd go and say, hey, I'm happy to hang out and, and actually you know, befriend you people or, or have like a few drinks with you people and hang out all night. It was kind of people where as soon as I was off that call, I was grateful. It was okay. I get to decompress and relax. It just felt like work. And so the pivot came from those two areas of awareness. I was not reflecting my value after having done this for six, seven years at the time. And I wasn't aligning my value in the right direction. I wasn't serving the right individuals. And when I pivoted both those things and I discovered I was meant to serve people also in the same shoes that I was in, where we know we're worth a lot more, 
we know there's a whole different type of market or clientele we'd like to serve. And I want to help them break through that just like I did. That's what would light me up the most. And that's what made all the difference. And so take us through what happened next on your journey. You have that epiphany. You're now working in alignment with your values. You're looking for the right type of person to help. What happened since then? So there's a funny story. Um, I was challenged because, again, the most I had asked for at once was a thousand bucks a month. And to me, the, look, the money is is not the important piece. What is important, though, is is being able to really claim our value, and that piece really did it for me. Because I make good money as a coach, but the reason I'm using these figures is because I'm included, and a lot of coaches I'll connect to have is the whole pricing structure that really does not support really what they bring to the table. And so I was challenged to come up with an amount that scared the you-know-what out of me and to ask for it. And so I said, like, what, like 40 grand? Great, you're going to ask for that. The next potential client conversation you have. And I thought, I can't do that. I'm not worth it. Shut up, just go do it. So, okay, all right. That week, luckily, I connected to one of my good friends and one of my clients. He said, I've got a friend for you that really needs to pick your brain. He's a coach like you. He's trying to grow his business and he's struggling and he really needs help. Can you talk to him? So I said, sure. I had a great chat with him. And then this was the second call where I was going to offer my services to him. And that morning I'm making coffee and I see a grasshopper hop up on the window. And I'd never seen any grasshoppers in my house before. And here it is just sitting on the window right where I make coffee. And I thought, that's interesting. Don't think too much of it. I go and I stumble through uh, the connection call with him and I get to the point where I'm like, all right, so are you sure you don't have any more questions? Are you sure? Okay, well, uh, if you want to hire me, it's, uh, okay, here, here we go. It's uh, $40,000. <laughs> I'm like stumbling and I'm thinking, just please don't come and physically assault me. Like, just don't, don't hurt me. I, I'm so sorry if I offended you. And I remember he takes a deep breath and he goes, and I really would love to work with you. You've changed my life so much. I don't have access to the funds right now, but let me see what I can do. Let me get back to you. I, I got to find a way to make this work because what you're talking about is clearly the next level in my life. And long story short, he didn't end up hiring me. But what happened was it didn't matter because everything in me had shifted to such a large degree in that moment that because as simple as it sounds, I had articulated, this is what I'm worth. For the first time in my life, I really owned my value like I never had before. And I walk back over to the kitchen, walk back over and see the coffee maker and see that window and the grasshopper hops right off of it. I'm not a huge guy with, with paying attention to signs, but just for the fun of it, I Googled, you know, is there any significance or any spiritual significance to a grasshopper? And uh, Google was showing me it means you're taking a tremendous leap forward. And I really felt it. I felt it in that I was able to ask for an amount that you know an hour before felt crazy to me and and afterwards feel like no i can really feel i get a sense of this is what i'm worth this is how i'm bringing it to the table so that really changed me and my relationship with what i was charging was, was forever different and i think that's interesting and in you know, google's description of the spiritual meaning of grasshoppers aside there certainly is is a metaphor in that that I think is translatable into many areas of life and not just what we're worth professionally, but you know, how we can present and expect to be treated by our coworkers, by our friends, by our spouses, 
by our children. I, I think there's a lot in that that's really interesting. Yeah, it, it's to me, you know, if you want to take it out of a business context, know your value. For me, I was offering my, my diamonds to the wrong market. I was bringing them there and the vendor was saying, okay, your diamonds are worth a couple bucks. Here's $2 for them. I thought, no, that's not right. Maybe I bring them into an art museum and they think, oh, these are really precious stones. These are nice. I'll give you 2000 for them. No, that's not quite right. And it wasn't until I brought it into a very high-end jewelry store and they said, these are the most rare diamonds I've ever seen. I'll give you $2 million for them. It's the same gifts. I'm not repackaging them differently. I'm just choosing where I share my value. It was the choice of, in my example, the market or the people I was serving. But I think that translates across the board in our relationships. Who are choosing to put in front of our lives with our romantic partners and our friendships and even our family. And there's so many that just can't see our value. And my tendency was to kind of prove. I'll prove to you I'm valuable. I'll show you. And I think the breakthrough, Dr. Richard, for me really came when I just pivoted and stopped trying to prove and instead decided I'm going to bring my gifts to a whole other person. And that's what things really clicked for me. I love that. And now since that time, I know you've been serving as essentially a high-level coach and consultant to other high-level coaches and consultants. So you've really shifted who you're serving completely. Yeah, it's a whole different dynamic because that's what, honestly, it's who I have the most visceral connection to. I think it's important, for me at least, when I decided I was going to serve these people, I just asked, who do I have the most heartfelt relationship with? What And what really aggravates me? And I remember going to a lot of networking events and handing out that business card that said life coach on it. And I would be met with two reactions. It was either a life coach. What, is, what does that mean? What do you, are you a therapist? And trying to explain that, and I'm already behind the eight ball. No. Or the other reaction was, you're a life coach. That's cute. That's nice. That's, that's great. <laughs> and I thought, you're not getting 150th of the value that I bring to the table. It was so frustrating. And after meeting a lot of other coaches and, and seeing a lot of cliches in the business card, and felt like this industry is rarely accurately portrayed in terms of what they can do to really change lives. There's a lot of cliches. One of the biggest cliches in coaching is there's no money in coaching. And I really felt a mission and aggravation in me to change that. And so when I pivoted and began consulting the coaches, that's when I refound that fire. I thought, you know, these are the individuals that I can pour my biggest gifts into with the most passion. So that was the shift. And as you've been doing that, Byron, so share with us some of the big lessons that and advice that you would give to people, not only who are coaches and consultants, and certainly there, there's more than a few who listen to the show, but there's also entrepreneurs and, and parents and, and other business type people that are listening to this. So as you've been helping people refine their, their own coaching businesses, what are some of these big takeaways that, that you've learned? I think there's four key areas. And one of the, the biggest ones we'll dive right into is messaging. I get asked a lot a lot of times, how do I perfect my messaging? My messaging isn't getting through, or how do I explain what I do and make it clear and potent and powerful? And so with messaging, one of the biggest mistakes that I was guilty of making that I see with a lot of coaches is they are one of many talking to large groups. And so I'll explain. So instead of saying, well, I'm the only person in the world doing this or sharing this gift, 
I'm introducing myself as a coach. I'm a coach, which immediately then and are in the client or the customer's mind, we go, okay, great, I'm talking to another coach. Immediately, it's hard for us to stand out. And then the other side of that is, and I'm looking to help anyone who has this kind of problem, anyone who wants to get their life to the next level, or anyone that's struggling, or anyone that wants to create their goals or experience transformation. And again, it's it's kind of like the Walmart approach, where you're, you're offering everything to everyone, and so you're getting through the no one. And what I found is much more effective in our messaging is if we're able to differentiate ourselves with some unique positioning by saying, well, I'm not just a coach. Coaching is a piece of what I do. But for me, when I look at what I do, I'm the only one in the world who's doing this. So I have a unique title, for example. And I'm looking to serve this one type of person. And they've got a certain psychographic energy about them. If they're fun, they have a great integrity, if they're down to earth, if they come from the heart, for example, and I feel like I would be friends with this person regardless if they pay me or not. I'm talking to this one person in particular, not a whole group of people, just this one. And with what we're going to do together and how I'm going to demonstrate that I can understand where they're coming from, I've got all of their problems. I've lived them. I've experienced them myself. I know them like the back of my hand. I'm able to enter into their map of reality and say, I get you. And I'm also vulnerable vulnerable enough to share with them. And I'm going to allow you to also connect to me so that you can understand what I'm going through right now and what some of my biggest fears and challenges are as well. So we can have a real authentic connection with one another. It's not just one brand marketing to a customer. And then when that happens, it's, it's really powerful because then if we have unique solutions to help them with their problems, instead of demanding, hey, you've got to stop how you're thinking and you got to come over and see things from my side, you can really have powerful impact for that person feels understood. They feel like they're talking to someone wholly different from anyone else that they've ever spoken to, especially in business that we're considering hiring, and you can immediately stand out. And so messaging is a big part of that. And I'll give one more. I think the other big one is, is pricing. It's value. And it's, it's deciding, you know, rather than trying to take on a bunch of customers or clients at a very low price level, in addition to that, that's fine to serve those people. You should also create a high ticket package where you take your biggest gifts, not all of them, but some of your biggest gifts and package that together. And look to offer it in a way where you have a higher amount of dollar per transaction. That, to me, is the secret of leverage. So it's not just a lot of little transactions. You also have some big ones. You can create a lot of momentum that way. So I think those are two of the biggest areas that I see a lot of coaches don't take a lot of time to strategically plan out. And if they did, they could have more impact. And again, you know, you mentioned that this is really applicable to to anything in business, but the the messaging is the one I want to go back to a little bit because I and we did talk about you now the the pricing and you spent some time and gave a great example, the forty thousand dollar example. But the messaging one's interesting because people who are in coaching and, and and again, this translates to whatever business you're in, you're likely not the only person in that space, but you're talking about defining your branding as though you are, as though you have a unique value proposition that only you bring to the table. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it, it's something 
I have made countless mistakes around. And I realized it was as simple as how I was introducing myself to people. Hi, I'm I'm Byron Van Pelt. I'm a coach. And immediately I've lost that. I, I'm now trying to climb out of a box I've just put myself into. And I think coaching is great. And I understand the value of, of really identifying as a coach or any profession for that matter. But what's more powerful in my experience has been to say, I'm going to be very careful with not allowing myself to just enter into a bucket. I'm going to choose the bucket strategically that I want to go into. And then a way for me to also differentiate is that bucket, I'm going to have a really strong visceral connection to. I'm going to have a passion around doing this where there might be a problem that I really feel deeply disturbed by that I want to make a change. So I've got a mission around this. It's not just I'm another coach because I want to change lives. It's I'm this kind of coach specifically because I want to change this kind of person's life specifically by offering these specific gifts. Now I've already stood out from the pack much more. My messaging also has a stronger emotional undercurrent to it not just a, a mental thing. It's also a hard thing. This is why I'm serving, but we're being strategic with creating that. So I think that's been one of the biggest keys. If anything, just be careful about choosing an identity haphazardly and instead look to create one in a category that doesn't quite exist yet. Interesting. And this is very much in line with uh, Christopher Lockheed's uh, niche down, a very, very similar message. And as you were talking, my follow-up question was going to be, well, how do you do that? And it sounds like you you answered it. You basically expressed you find something that upsets you, find something that angers you, and you are the solution to that problem. There's power in, in looking at, often, whatever we didn't get enough of as children, we know that as, as parents, right? And you and I will talk about being parents all the time. We know I am going to ensure this is never going to happen to my kids. So if, for example, my dad was never around as a child, I'm going to make darn sure that I am there for my kids, no matter what it takes. There's a real emotion behind it. There's a, there's a sense of purpose and a mission. Well, what if we applied that in other contexts? Like, what if we applied that in business? If there's anything that we felt we didn't get enough of as children, what if we took that frustration and transformed it into a gift that became the bedrock of our message? For example, for me, it was I never got a sense of enough of an authentic connection to my father. I always wanted to be able to sit down with him and talk about more than just the surface, more than just how we were doing and how the weather was and sports, but really say, Dad, this is what I'm actually going through. And he would understand it. I didn't get enough of that. And so when I discovered I'd been searching my whole life to replicate that somehow or to stumble upon it. I realized the biggest gift that I could give away is instead sharing that and sharing the message in business specifically that it's the authentic connection we have with our market that most allows us to break through in the messaging. That's what allows us to say, I know what it's like to be you. I know exactly what you're going through. I, I really took the time to talk to individuals just like you. I know what it feels like, more importantly, to be struggling with this. I've been through the same thing, and therefore, I want to help you with it. There's a lot of power in that. And I feel that empathy is often missing when we talk about, well, why do you do what you do? It's, it's often not coming from such a visceral place. Hey, guys. Dr. Richard here. 
For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that. And so I want to do a little quick recap. So you mentioned initially there were four things. So we have messaging, we have pricing. What's the third big breakout idea? I think the next piece beyond that is having marketing that actually reflects your gifts. And that's in alignment with whether you want to call it your essence, your soul, or your beingness. There's a lot of different ways to market, to get people in front of you. I think one of the biggest mistakes that that's made, and again, myself included, is that we chose a marketing strategy because, well, so-and-so says it works, or I know people that have gotten results from it. And it's often a very cookie-cutter template. You know, hey, just, just post this many times to social media, you'll get the result. Or start this paid ad campaign, you'll get this result. Or start blogging or create this and that or whatever. But I think the most important question that we often overstep is first, what is the biggest gifts that I bring to the table? Is it speaking? Is it interviewing? Is it storytelling? Is it acting? Is it writing? What is the thing that if I can create my own marketing strategy around that will be most effective? And I think it's it's creating that so we put our best foot forward. But there's also the importance of connecting with our market somehow on a daily basis so that we can actually understand what it's like to be that person instead of just guessing. And there are a lot of websites that I'll stumble across where they say, hey, if, you, if you've ever been like this or going through this, then here's the solution that I'm offering. But it's clear that they really don't know what it's like to be that person. The, the copywriting and the, the message is not quite hitting the mark with who they're looking to get it to. And so I feel like that's overcome as we incorporate actually connecting and having conversations as part of our marketing and rethinking marketing to mean not just how do I create something and get in front of people, but how do I really connect with the people that I want to connect to and actually express enough curiosity to learn from them and to go forward. And so the marketing piece is is the third one. And the final one is then scaling the business. It's then taking the feedback that we've gotten from the messaging and our inner value and then therefore our marketing and looking at, okay, so I understand I've got enough feedback, enough people have bought into my marketing. They, enough people have, have expressed, you understand me and you can get to where I want to go. And so now I'm ready to scale. And, and I think one of the biggest mistakes here with, with scaling is that, again, we haven't quite gone through all those processes. We haven't quite gotten enough feedback with our market telling us, yep, you understand exactly what I'm going through. So we try to scale too quickly or we think, hey, just throwing a bunch of money at Facebook or an ad campaign will do the, the solution for us. And so if we have those four pieces in, in shape, we've got a, a high ticket price offering. We're in command of our value. And if someone's asking us, why are you, are you serving this kind of market? It's a very clear answer. 
you've got a really strong message that speaks exactly to that market and it's differentiated. You've got a means of marketing yourself that's in alignment with your gifts where you have enough flexibility in how you want to connect with who it is you're looking to connect to that you're actually breaking through. And then finally, you're scaling the business. You're, you're able to create systems taking into account what you learned in these other stages, which are more organic and get them rocking and rolling. So to me, that's the, uh, the big four. I love it. That's fantastic and implementable. Questions for you. What happens next for Byron Van Pelt? What's, what's on the agenda for 2019? 2018 was all about stepping away from the internet completely. And you and I have talked about this. It's about reconnecting. So 2019 is I'm now in the scaling phase of my business. I'm looking to jumpstart that January here and get rocking and rolling. So depending on when this airs, uh, it's either going to have already been started or it's up here in a few weeks. And so for me, it's, it's looking to take on about five to 10 individuals that would love to learn how to create a sustainable business as a coach, as a solopreneur, or as a consultant, et cetera, to go from constantly look, looking to get clients and looking how to break through to them to actually creating your own system, your own platform, your own methodology, and create something that eventually one day you can sell or you can exit if you want to. And so I'm looking for people that I can share. Hey, I've, I've been in, in the world of, of coaching now for eight years and, and really business for close to 10. And I want to be able to share, this is what I've learned works. This is what I've learned doesn't work and more of a group type situation. So I think that's what's next for me. And it's continuing to humble myself. It's continuing to look at what do I need to bring to the table to help these individuals get their gifts out there to make an impact and to do what they love in a sustainable way, not having to worry about chasing after clients. I love that. And Byron, you've dropped so many good nuggets of wisdom on us today. But I want to ask you this one question, a question I ask everybody who comes on my show. What is your biggest helping, the single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after they listen to our chat today? I think the biggest thing for me is is the capacity to connect both with ourselves and with other people. And I think we can break that down in a few simple ways. I think an inauthentic connection with ourselves stems from trying to prove trying to validate or trying to show that we're, we're capable or that we're loved or that we're special. And I think a real connection with ourselves starts with being radically authentic and radically honest. And I think what that entails is looking at, well, what actually drives me? What actually lights my soul on fire? What actually fires me up? What am I scared of in this moment of my life? as opposed to operating just from the facade of being professional enough, being smart enough, being capable enough. If we can start to drop that and realize people can connect to us much more readily when we're more raw and vulnerable, I think there's tremendous impact in that. And then so the other half of that is then learning how to connect with others. And again, learning how to speak from an authentic place. And I think also speaking from not what is this conversation or opportunity or what is this observation going to do for me? But instead, what is the truth in what I'm seeing? Whether that serves me or not, whether this person ends up helping me out or or helping boost my popularity or my status or not, what's the truth that I need to deliver to this person? What is it that they need to hear in this moment of time? And 
for me, the, the most radically powerful conversations I've ever had have always come from someone saying, look, you don't have to pay me anything. You don't have to share anything with me. I've just got to point this out to you. You're disconnected in one area of your life or you're playing small over here or I can see far more potential in you than you've seen for yourself. And it was such a radically honest statement that would have me kind of take pause, take a deep breath and look at, you know, that's true. That resonates with me. I can tell it's coming from a truthful place. So learning how to better connect to ourselves and learning how to better connect with others, I think are the biggest way we can help each other out in our lives. Well said. Well said. Byron, where can people find you? So my website is my name, byronvanpelt.com. You can check me out there. You're also welcome to find me on Facebook. Again, just search for Byron Van Pelt. And feel free to reach a line or drop a line with me. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, I'm happy to hop on and have a conversation with you. I'm a human connection machine. I love having conversations. So if you're curious at all about how to build a sustainable coaching business or take your business to the next level, feel free to reach out and say, hey, I was listening to Dr. Richard's podcast. Love to have a conversation with you. I'm happy to chat. Absolutely. And for those of you behind the wheel or at the gym, we're going to have the link to Byron's website in our show notes and in the Daily Helping app. Well, Byron, thanks for coming on the show today. This was a blast. Yeah, Dr. Richard, thank you so much for having me, man. I loved every second of it. Absolutely. And and each and every one of you who chose to listen to this episode today, thank you as well for tuning in. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the podcast. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 